Moving house. With kids. Mum! Moving house checklist. Top packing tips. Do it ourselves or hire movers? Hiya! <sighs> Things to do in the school holidays. Best solo holidays. <sighs> when life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. There are roughly 30 million petrol and diesel cars on our roads in the UK, plus vans and lorries and other random vehicles you see from time to time. How many hours of your life have you spent filling up at a petrol station? Think about it, it's probably a good few. And they were grim times last summer, when prices rose to almost £2 per litre of diesel. So thankfully, as you've probably noticed, prices have now fallen. But are we still paying over the odds? Several factors affect the price we pay for fuel. Global events that we have little control over, like the war in Ukraine, which we discussed on this very podcast a few weeks back. The war caused wholesale energy prices to skyrocket at the time. So why have they fallen then, if the war's still going on? What's really at play here? I'm Grace Farrell, and this week's Witch Investigates asks, are fuel prices higher than they should be? Investigates is brought to you by the UK's Consumer Champion. We work to make life simpler, fairer and safer for everyone. Catch new episodes every fortnight where we take a deep dive into the issues that matter to you. If a particular consumer qualm is keeping you up at night, we can look into it. Just send us an email at podcasts at which.co.uk or give us a shout on social. I'm sure this episode will resonate with a lot of you. We're a nation of car lovers after all, and many of us drive to work every day and really put the miles in. Hello, by the way, to anyone who's listening to this in their car right now. So fuel retailers, they have a pretty captive market. We need petrol and diesel to get to where we want to go, unless, of course, we have an electric vehicle. Let's take a trip back to last summer. It wasn't just those scorching temperatures that broke records. While we were hiding from the heat, we were also being hit with record-breaking prices at the pumps. Petrol and diesel reached a staggering £1.89 and £1.97, respectively, per litre in July 2022, the highest prices they'd ever been. And didn't we know it? Since then, the cars team at which has been keeping a very close eye on fuel prices – And one of those people is Dino Baratti, who can tell us more. It's been something that's been in the headlines for a very long time, the disparity between prices of fuel, especially between petrol and diesel, because of various changes over the last year and even further back because of COVID. Things like the Ukraine war have really changed the fuel situation with the cost of petrol and diesel varying wildly over the last year and a half or so. And because the vast majority of people still have petrol or diesel cars, or just hybrids or plug-in hybrids, people will still need to buy petrol and diesel for a long time. So 
these price rises and falls shortly afterwards are affecting a lot of people's budgets and their forward planning as well for their future finances. The price we've been paying has also been impacted by a weak pound. And because petrol and diesel are traded in US dollars, this means we end up paying more. Now, prices did start to fall in the second half of 2022. But data that we got from road user charity, the RAC Foundation, suggests the reduction could have been larger. Here's Simon Williams, a fuel spokesperson at the RAC. The price of petrol has fallen to just over 146 a litre and diesel to uh, 163 pretty much. Now, that's all a lot better than it was. The price of petrol is actually back to what it was in January 2022, which is much better news. However... Unfortunately, with diesel, the price should be much, much lower because the wholesale price has fallen away. But retailers, for some reason, are being extremely resistant to lowering that price. And this is really brought into stark contrast to what's going on in Northern Ireland, where the price of diesel is actually about 152. So this is a real lesson in what the price should be for the rest of the UK. But instead, drivers are being... I think it's hard to see it any other way, being taken for a ride and having to pay far more than they should have to. Let's dig a bit deeper into those wholesale prices. These are the prices paid for the fuel by the middlemen who we buy from, the large retailers. Hi, I'm Jess Ralston. I'm Head of Energy at the Energy and Climate Intelligence Unit. I think the latest sort of oil price that we were looking at was around $85 a barrel. And now that's nowhere near as high as it was after the initial invasion of Ukraine last year, people will remember in February, Russia invaded Ukraine, and that sent oil prices soaring in response to uncertainty. So around this time last year, oil prices were actually $100 a barrel. So we're still below what we were experiencing about a year ago. But what does that mean in practice? I want to know how much the retailers are paying per litre now. So I headed online to look at the latest data from the RAC's Fuel Watch reporting. And what I found is that right now, in early April when we recorded this episode, wholesale petrol is trading at 117p per litre and diesel at 113p. So two points of interest then. One, that's way less than what we're paying. And two diesel's actually cheaper than petrol to buy wholesale, even though it costs more than petrol at the pumps. So what's going on? There's often lots of reasons why diesel is more expensive than petrol. But in the last uh, week of March, the wholesale price of diesel fell below petrol and is still below petrol. So really, they should be being sold for a similar price in a week or two's time. But as we know, retailers are taking a 20 pence a litre margin at the moment, on diesel, as opposed to the uh, long-term average of seven pence a litre. So three times as much margin that is being taken by retailers as a whole across all of uh, every type of retailer, from supermarket to small independent trader. So it's just not happening. Things are just not functioning as they should do at the moment. As well as this unusually high margin, are other reasons that diesel is pricey. It's more complex to reduce than petrol for a start. And then there's this. You see, more people buy petrol than diesel. So by making petrol cheaper, retailers are appealing to the masses. 
But even though more people buy petrol, there's actually a larger volume of diesel sold in the UK because it's used to fill up all the big lorries. And because lorry drivers are less likely to shop around different forecourts to save a few quid for their bosses, retailers can afford to be less competitive with their diesel prices. Now, we did get a response from the Petrol Retailers Association. They represent the organisations who decide the price we pay. They said that because fuel sales are lower than they were before COVID, fuel thefts are on the rise and things like protests are stopping retailers from selling fuel, retailers have had to put their margins up in order to make profits. They also told us that independent forecourts had to raise their margins as a result of higher energy and labour costs. And as we know, businesses across the country are doing the same. But let's put wholesale fuel prices aside for a moment and look into what else determines the price we pay at the pump. Here's Simon. We obviously start off with the price of oil because uh, that's key to it all. But then obviously you've got to refine it and then you end up with refined fuel. But refined fuel is traded in dollars. So therefore we need the exchange rate to be as strong as possible to have a better price at the pump. Within that wholesale price, you've got duty. Now duty is being currently um, reduced by five pence a litre for over a year now by the Chancellor. He confirmed that at the uh, budget the other week. So we're currently paying... 53.95p on every litre in duty. But then on top of all of that, you've got the retailer margin. And that's the bit that just changes all the time. The long-term margin for both petrol and diesel is about 7 pence a litre. But we realise with inflation and what's going on at the moment, that's going to be a little bit higher. But with petrol, it's around about that at the moment. And then diesel is now up at uh, around 21p, so three times the long-term margin. And of course, on top of the retailer margin, you then have 20% VAT. So if the retailers decide to take more margin, then we pay even more in tax in terms of VAT, which is pretty hard for drivers to have to stomach. So there's more to the price of fuel than just the wholesale price, but it does make up the largest chunk of the cost. So with that in mind, let's look at where we import our fuel from. So our oil and gas comes from places like Norway, it comes from places like the Netherlands, We also get some of our oil and gas from Saudi Arabia and actually Qatar too. So there's questions about how much the UK wants to rely on these sorts of countries. Obviously, the Qatar human rights record that came up at the World Cup, what's happening in Saudi Arabia. And also, it's slightly concerning when it comes to our energy security. So actually, there's questions about whether the UK wants to be reliant on those sorts of countries given what's happening and actually whether we want to switch to more of our own sources of energy, things like renewables, offshore wind and solar power. In terms of diesel, we've traditionally imported a lot of it from Russia, so we've had to find other suppliers because of the war in Ukraine, which has pushed the prices up. So it's obvious that the more we can self-fund our energy needs, the less vulnerable we'll be to external events like wars and natural disasters pushing up our prices. There are countless examples of rocky events that back up this theory – In the 1950s, there was the Suez oil crisis, where petrol ended up being rationed in the UK due to the conflict. And then just recently, in 2021, the canal was blocked by that huge container ship, the Ever Given. (music) 
It's crazy to think that in just six years' time, the ban on new fossil fuel vehicles will come into force. The vast majority of us still drive petrol or diesel cars, and Dino, who we heard from earlier, has been looking at how fuel prices in the UK vary from region to region, and at the lack of competition that we tend to find in more sparsely populated areas. In some areas, yes, it can be an issue where, for example, in rural areas or areas where there aren't many petrol stations, it can be a case of there's going to be less competition, so there's less incentive for retailers to reduce prices to closer to averages. But in some areas where competition is much stronger, prices can still vary quite considerably. And there's one particular area in the UK where seeking out cheaper fuel is definitely worth your while. One of the parts of the UK that we highlighted as being an extremely good example of where prices can vary a lot is the town of Crawley in West Sussex. And we found out that the cheapest petrol station is around a 33 pence a litre less expensive than most expensive retailer, which is a motorway service station. And that would mean it would cost around £18 more to fill a car with a 55 litre fuel tank up at the fuel service station than it would at the cheapest petrol station in Crawley Town Centre. If you shaved off £18 every time you filled up, you could save almost £1,000 a year. According to the RAC, supermarket forecourts dominate fuel sales, despite only making up a fifth of fuel stations in the UK. And by purchasing fuel in large volumes the way they do, they're able to negotiate more favourable wholesale prices, which allows them to charge less at the pump. So, arguably, supermarkets could play their part in lowering prices. Now, we couldn't have an episode about fuel prices without looking into EVs. Skipping fuel certainly sounds appealing, but there's no such thing as a free lunch. An electric vehicle still needs feeding. So when it comes to electricity prices, in the UK we actually have a bit of an old-fashioned system at the moment, and gas still generates about 40% of our electricity. So what happens to the gas price also happens to the electricity price. And this is compounded by the fact that we actually have what we call a marginal generation system. And that means that essentially gas fills the last little gap between electricity supply and electricity demand. So gas is filling that last little chunk that we need in order to be able to meet our electricity demand. And this hasn't been too much of a problem when gas was cheaper. But since it's been really expensive over the last year or so, the price of that last little bit generation that we need to meet our demand means that price paid for all of the power has increased by quite a lot. And now that's not helpful because it means that consumers can't make the most of cheaper renewables, which are at the moment much, much cheaper than gas because they're all receiving the same price. But what we have seen actually is that gas prices have gone up by around 120% whereas electricity prices have only gone up by about 67%, by about two-thirds. And that's because the more renewables that we have on the electricity generation system, the less gas we need to find, buy and pay for in the first place. So renewables are certainly helping to keep the costs of electricity lower, but really getting that last chunk of gas off the system and moving away from the marginal pricing system, that could really help to keep our electricity prices even lower and make the most of those cheaper renewables. So what does the future look like for our fuel prices? 
We're all aware of the billions in profit that the likes of Shell and BP made in the last year, while everyone else was struggling to make ends meet. But that being said, the large supermarket forecourts still account for approximately 43% of fuel sold in the UK. You'd be forgiven for thinking, maybe, that the regulators could be doing more. I put that notion to Simon from the RAC. The Competition and Markets Authority is currently looking into UK fuel retailing. This came about after we drew attention to the fact that the Chancellor's duty cut from last spring or previous spring 2022 didn't appear to be being passed on. Now, they felt when they looked into it that it was being passed on, but they've carried on looking into things and they've acknowledged the presence of what we call rocket and feather pricing. This is where retail prices go up like a rocket in a rising wholesale market and then they fall like a feather in a falling one. Now, what's going on with diesel at the moment is obviously it rocketed up some time ago and it has come down and it's gone cheaper still and it's still coming down, but very, very, very slowly. It's probably another analogy other than a feather, something that comes down even slower than that. Dino's sources in the industry have also told him that we're unlikely to see prices fall much further than they have done already. So the RAC Foundation have told us that because of the cost of living crisis and the need for retailers to continue making um, profits on what they sell, they can't see that fuel prices are going to return to averages, let alone the prices they were at the time of the COVID pandemic in mid-2020 anytime soon. And with other external factors such as the war in Ukraine carrying on and the fact that OPEC nations recently announced a reduction in their oil production That means that it's unlikely that fuel prices are going to fall to historical averages anytime soon. OPEC, or to give them their full title, the Organisation of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, are, as you'd expect, the countries who export the most fuel around the globe. And when they reduce their output and limit supply, prices are forced to remain high. Jess from the Energy and Climate Intelligence Unit didn't have great news for us either. The journey's out when it comes to predicting future oil and gas prices. And that's because they're really so volatile. They depend on lots of different things, as we've already been discussing. Geopolitics is very heavily involved in the prices of oil and gas. There's also controls on it from how much demand other countries have. And a good example of this is what's happening in Asia. So lockdowns are ending or have ended across China. And this means that China's demand for oil and gas is now rising again. And that means that Obviously, there's more competition for the oil and gas supply, and that might cause an increase in the prices that we're going to pay because we all want the same resource. We have to pay more to get it. Quite often, actually, when you look at history, fossil fuel prices are very volatile. People might remember the 1970s oil crisis. The 2008 financial crash also saw volatility in the markets. And of course, over the last year, we've seen volatility too. So there's a history of volatility when it comes to fossil fuel prices. And when the economy is facing uncertainty too, that can impact the prices that we pay. We may be stuck with high prices for a while. But when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. So in true witch style, I've put together a few tips from our experts on how to save money at the pump. Editor Eric, please cue the music. First up, shop around. 
don't assume that all the forecourts in your region charge a similar amount for fuel. There's a really nifty website called petrolprices.com that will compare all the prices in your area. And avoid premium fuel. Unless you drive a high-performance car, or one that specifically needs a higher octane rating than standard unleaded, there's really no benefit in opting for premium. I filled up my old Nissan Micra with premium by accident once, and I can confirm that it made no difference to my driving experience. Be wary of service stations. Although a small number of them have prices that are similar to the national average, most of them are much more expensive. If you're going on a long journey and you need to refuel on the way, check out prices along your route. You may find that a short detour off the motorway could result in a big saving. Next up, use loyalty cards. Schemes such as Tesco Club Card and Nectar for Sainsbury's let you earn points when you fill up. And it's best to sign up to multiple loyalty schemes so that you won't be pushed into staying loyal to a specific forecourt when you're on the road. And finally, look at tweaking your driving habits. Obviously use common sense here, but instead of actively braking all the time, try to take your foot off the accelerator when you see stationary traffic ahead. If you drive a manual, try changing up the gears earlier. As long as you don't labour the engine, this should improve your fuel economy. And I'll pop a link to our longer advice guide in the description for today's episode. Whatever fuel prices do over the next year, I really would recommend following our fuel saving tips and checking prices before you head out to fill up. And if you're in the market for a new car, make sure you buy one that uses fuel as efficiently as possible. We test the efficiency of cars in a lab and our subscribers can find those reviews online at which.co.uk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Which Investigates. Drop us a line on social at Which UK to let us know if you enjoy today's podcast. And please, if you can, leave us a rating and a review as it really helps us reach more people. For a bottomless pit of fantastic money-saving advice, make sure you check out the Which Money podcast. And you can sample the creme de la creme of our magazine articles for free over on Which Shorts. Today's episode was presented by me, Grace Farrell, written and produced by Rob Lilly. Editing and original music is by Eric Breer, and our executive producer is Angus Farker. A special thanks this week to my colleagues Dino Barati and everyone else on the Cars team here at Witch. We'll see you again in two weeks for our next investigation. <laughs>